If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question. So if you just trust the process and just share, just like Nadra, just like Claire, I want a cat, I want a pony. Just like put it out there and let the experts or the professionals take care of it because that's the reason why you hire us in the first place, right? You just do this one thing, darling, and I'll take care of the rest. All right, I want to take a moment to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind, an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's going to look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is I want you to discover your unique greatness. Because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game. Because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are Because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three, I want to see you lead with confidence. You know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what we're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but you now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Welcome back to the Create Purpose podcast, and today I get to sit down with Dr. Izzy Jamil. She's a number one international best-selling author and media expert. She's appeared on Forbes, Fox TV, and TED, discussing her mission to share women's voices without prejudice. Today, she helps women be the number one authority in their field, using proven and effective methods to doing so. In today's conversation with, with Dr. Izzy, we talk about courage and what it really means to take courage and how everything in and around us starts to change when we lean in to what scares us. And that's actually where our authority and influence comes from. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Dr. Izzy. 
All right, here we are, Izzy. And before we start today's episode, I would love to ask you to, to set an intention for, for our time. And the reason I, I know to ask you to do that, that's something you did. I was on your podcast recently, and mm-hmm. I it's something we did behind the scenes, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I think maybe we can debrief and talk a little bit about it afterwards, but let's just start with you setting an intention, if you don't mind. I would love that. It would mean a lot. Absolutely. So I usually start off um, with taking a couple of deep breaths, because sometimes in the chest cycle, so just take a couple of deep breaths, you know, the big Buddha belly breath, and then just release into it. And then I just ground myself, calm myself, and kind of like listen to to my heart, to my gut, to the one within me, the soul within me. May our hearts be open. May our hearts be connected. May our conversation be fit with love, joy, laughter. May we find the courage to say our truth, to be authentic, and to say what really matters and most beneficial to others. May we always be guided to get goodness, to make goodness, and to help others to see the light even though when it is hard and so it is and so it is done very good i and that's I, the intention <laughs> i love that let's just start there for a moment and and then i want to i you have a powerful story you spoke on ted stages other stages been on fox been in, featured in forbes i want to i want to hear more of your story mm-hmm. but since we just set an intention let's debrief that a little bit because that is such a powerful exercise and it took not even a minute. Mm-hmm. How do you use that, that intention, setting an intention? Is that something you start podcast episodes? With? Where else in your life do you, do you create that pause to set an intention? How do you use that as a practice for yourself? You know, I've always like kind of set an intention, but I was always like set it in my heart, right? So I wouldn't verbalize it. I wouldn't vocalize it. And surprisingly, it was on my TED Talk, because before my TED Talk, uh, the organizer had training that was given to us. And the trainer, Tabby Biddle, was the one who taught me, like, you know what, it's okay to verbalize this. And she was the one who's kind of like showed me, you know, actually, it's okay to verbalize. And she set the intention for the group. Because if you can imagine, like, TED speakers, like, we haven't met each other, we have different stories, so the energy was, like, pretty unsettled. But then, when we did that, everything just, even in our conversation today, Zach, you had your dog, you had to give her a bath, and I'm like, my laptop isn't working. It's like, no, 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 no. And then if you can feel that when we set the intention, everything just settled. It's what really matters is the conversation between you and me today, the connection of our hearts, the ability to share our love, our joy, our truth, and courage to other people and touch their hearts. That is what really matters in this conversation. It just sets the tone on me connecting to what it is that I'm playing for and for others to feel to feel us. I really do believe that people can feel us, can feel our energy, especially when we're in front of people, right? We're responsible on how our thinking, our thoughts, our what's going on within us. People tend to pick those things up. So it just transcends to this coolness, this peacefulness, but also strength and clarity that 
hopefully it will be exuded in this conversation. Yeah. Well, in, in our episode, so I was on your podcast. I'll, I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes so they can go listen to your podcast. Thank you. But we talked about leadership coming from within. You know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurial leaders, makers, creatives, artists, right? I call right brain business owners, just creative individuals, very inspiring individuals. Yeah. And this idea of leadership really comes from an, an intention. Mm-hmm. You, if you can intend towards the leader that you desire to be, and and you can choose to show up that way, and it all starts with you centering yourself, thinking about who do you want to be in this moment, what type of intentions do you want to set, what type of obstacles might you anticipate, Mm -hmm. and how do you want to respond to those obstacles as your best self? You know, those are the intentions because when you set those intentions, you you put yourself at at the the cause of what happens next? You're not at the effect, you're powerful and you're mm-hmm. putting yourself in a position to have influence and impact with those around you because you're choosing that in yourself. And I, you and how you did that, just, I'm like, I, I want to, I want to call you sometimes like, Hey, I'm about ready to speak, or I'm about ready to have this coaching session. Can we do that? Because you're, it's so inspiring. And so let's, let's get into today. Would it be cool with you if, if, I'd love to hear your story a little bit. It's a powerful, powerful story. And and we've gotten to know each other over the last year. We're in a, a mastermind together. Yes. And I've gotten to know you and we've become friends and yes. we've had have some fun times and you've gotten mad at me and you know, it is like like best friends do, right? And so I would love everyone to hear your story. Like I've gotten to hear your story because it's moved me and I know it'll move those that are listening. So where where does this story begin? Like, where would you want to start? Yeah, I mean, like, I'll kind of start where the moment my husband, Weasel, he says to me, I got my dream job. Do you want to move to America? And I'm like, okay, babe, let's do it. I mean, when your husband has his dream job that he's been working on for years, right? I had young kids. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I literally... Took the kids and my son Abra was four. My daughter Nada was still a baby then. Rizal, myself. So we moved from Malaysia and then all the way to Orange County. So I left my job. I was working as a computer scientist, as academician at one of the top universities there. So I'm like, okay, we're going. So we moved to Orange County. And as we're settling in, I go to Whole Foods to get some dates. It's the month of Ramadan. So one of the things that we do in breaking our fast, so we fast in the month of Ramadan, is eat dates. So I go to Whole Foods. And then as I'm, you know, getting the dates, I see like a guy, a middle-aged white guy, a little bit taller than me. I'm about 5'4", so he's maybe 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so he says to me, are you a Muslim? And I said, yes, I am. Then he says, well, I have read the Quran and it says that killing in the name of Islam is permissible. Are you going to blow yourself up? And I'm thinking, dude, do you even read Arabic? But I say I'm doing my groceries. I've got young kids. I'm not going to blow myself up. Then he says, if you're not a mom, are you going to blow yourself up? 
and I can just feel that like everything just tightens. I'm shaking, my chest tightens, I can breathe. So I, I just had to leave. And then a few weeks after, my baby Nadra, she's having the worst tantrum ever. And as soon as my husband reads out on that work, babe, look after her. I'm taking a shower. So I'm there I am washing my face when I hear bang, bang, bang. Come down now, my husband says. There's police officers waiting for you. So I'm like, turn myself off, put on my hijab, pick up Nadra, go downstairs. And I see two police officers in full gear, guns over their shoulders, and then fingers on the trigger. And the officer says, ma'am, why is your baby crying? I'm like, because she's a baby. And then he checks her out. Nadra cries even louder. But there's nothing wrong with her. So they leave. And then it just made me scared to even go out of my home. I couldn't go out of my home. That scariness of something's gonna, something's gonna happen. And you know, in that moment, my husband was like, he says to me one day, I got you a course, an online course, so I, you can be an online coach and a consultant. Now, he just wanted to cheer me up because I'm like so down. And I'm like, okay, so I check it out and everything. And one of the things I had to do, this is coming from when I was being a victim, right? I'm like, oh, what is this happening? I was sad. I was angry. So my husband got me something that I used to shift my mindset to focus on something positive. So one of the things I have to do is go live on social media. So I remember Mother's Day 2018, pink top, floral hijab, some makeup on. And then I turn on the camera and then just before I want to hit the live button for the first time, just before that, I freeze. People going to think you're a terrorist. And then I say, God, let me be brave. Turn on the camera, freeze again. Prayer, camera, freeze for 30 minutes till I finally hit the live button. I share my message. And then I just try. And then I do it again. The next day and the next and the next and the next. And it isn't easy, but I persisted. And today, I'm a multiple number one international best-selling author. I've been featured on Forbes, TED, TV, magazines, hundreds of media. Now I believe no person should ever have to be afraid of who you are. And unique voices should be heard on prestigious platforms around the world without prejudice. Wow. And so that brings us to today. I mean, what now that you've gone, what is it that you do for your clients? So what I do, I'm a media publicity expert. So I help to get their voices, their business, their story across multiple platforms. So whether it's being a best-selling author, whether it's getting on TV, whether it's getting on magazines, Forbes, TED, so all the works that their voices can be seen, that's where I can take them because I feel that the more that people are able to listen, the more they're able to be seen and heard, 
chances are more people are going to know about them, know, like, love and trust them. And more importantly, they get to make a difference. They get to live their purpose and obviously grow their business, win clients and all that. But I think like you and I, when we go in here, it's about helping others, Mm -hmm. solving problems, taking care of other people. So that's what I believe in across multiple prestigious platforms. Yes. And, you know, if we were to spend some time talking about that, because I shared with you a little bit, the listeners, Mm. a lot of them own businesses. Maybe they're a product-based business, they're makers, jewelry or art, or they're a coach or they're they're just, they're they're impact driven for sure. You know, I often hear my clients tell me like, I don't want to grow just to grow. I don't want to just be profitable, be profitable. Their businesses mean something to them. And they, they also have something that they are role modeling, whether they use that language or not, they know that people are looking up to them. And so they're very mindful of the message that they're, they're bringing and, and they have a message. And a lot of them are on Instagram. They're, they're, they're really out front. And so if we were to explore a little bit of, you know, you, in your website, you talk about how you help people go from zero to top authority and it's just, just mm-hmm. in, in, in a short amount of time too. I mean, I've, I've watched your trajectory and, and you, you know, how you got on Ted stages and doing all the things and sharing your, your message if there's somebody listening who feels like they have a message that they want to share from a bigger stage and, and have a larger platform, what advice would you have for them? Or what would be some of the steps that you would guide them through to find that for themselves? Yeah. So one of the things that we want to look at is where do you want to be seen? First of all, because there's multiple platforms, right? Where do you want to be seen and what kind of impact that you're going to be getting? And um, also like what kind of experiences that you have for example getting on tech stage if you haven't been speaking or comfortable being on stage that we maybe want to train you a little bit more so like I usually start off with something simple something easy to build up their confidence because if you imagine right it is scary that it's scary to put yourself out there it's scary to share your story it's scary because people are gonna judge you people are gonna give comments about you so we usually start off with something simple. For example, get them on a magazine, like a small article on a magazine on them with a picture. Or we get them on a couple of interviews or a couple of radios, depending on what, what they're wanting, where they are. And then books, when they're ready, we get them into books. And then TV shows, you know, we train them step by step, one thing at a time, and then build it up, build it up, build it up. For example, Forbes, a lot of the ladies I know, I want to be on Forbes. I want to be on Forbes. The same with me. I want to be on Forbes. But then literally when the opportunity comes to me, Zach, hello, Forbes, do you want to be on Forbes? Knock, knock. Guess what I said? I said, no, Forbes doesn't want me. Forbes wants someone like you. Oh, I don't think I'm ready. I'm too busy and this and that. But it's something that I have been praying for, for months and for years. But then when it comes, I'm like, I just like to say no, which is a contradiction. It just shows that, you know, because I was scared at that time. And then when a lady says to me, what are you talking about, woman? You're a hot property. And I'm like, I'm a hot property. Heck 
yeah, I will hold property. I'm the prize. And it kind of like shifts my mindset, even though I've already done a lot of the work to build my credential, to build my experience. Forbes only want authorities. They do not want newbies because of their audience. So it's kind of like getting them ready and get into places, their mindset, build their confidence, spread out their message across multiple platforms, writing, digital, speaking, and then build it up to where they want to go and prepare them kind of like, you know, resilient or insulate them a little bit. Sometimes you may, people going to say this and this and this about you and that's okay. It's going to happen, but you take care of yourself and focus forward like for example the other day I just helped my son Abrar he's uh, 11 to become a best-selling author so I was posting I was excited he got his dream he you know he wanted going to use that money to buy a computer and then all of a sudden I got a message proof read your post it's really bad there I am like working so hard day and night and suddenly people just like proof read your post is this is that is that I'm like Come on, like it's kind of like still the right pull of from your feet, but then I'm like, eh, gotta get back up again. So that's what it's about when you're being in front of people. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about this idea of authority, you know, influencer, authority, thought leader, you know, all those terms out there. What do you think about the statement authority comes from within? And I'm wondering if 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 that resonates with you and if you could speak to that, if if that does, you know, what's your experience been with like where does authority come from? Influence come from. Absolutely. And I'm spot on on that because remember my folk story, right? I didn't have it within me to hook into myself than the authority. So it always starts from within in the sense that the courage that you want to pull out of you, right? The story that you're going to be trusting that's coming out of you. The message that's going to be saying, who you are within you, how you look, how you feel, your height and everything around you. If you haven't got that authority or a sense of subtleness or a sense of, I own this, I owned everything around me or the good the bad I own this and hold on to that that's going to be really difficult for you to even say a word or share your message or put a post up or put an article up I know a client of mine who takes about you know 20 50 times that they have to read it 50 times before even posting it so I think like the authority within for me is just you know what I own this the price I've got this and then kind of moving forward with that and on the outside authorities obviously having the endorsements right from trusted organizations whether it's Fox, NBC, CBS, Forbes, Pet, whatever it is it's kind of have that endorsement from a trusted globally organization that is you know have been proven to be influential having that backing you up but I think it has it, it is like a, a marriage. You have to have both. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. I've seen, I've seen people who have those credentials but they haven't got it within them. So they hide. They hide it. Yeah. And you're making me think, uh, this was just the other week, La Jolla, California. And I, I had the opportunity to sit on a panel. And on that panel was Maya 
Kamaroda. I don't know if you know Maya. She's going through, she's been in the mastermind we're in and she's, she's a powerful transformational coach. She's shared stages with Tony Robbins and she was sharing some of her story and she said something that was powerful. Like I, I made a mental note. I'm like, that is so important. And she said that before people choose you, you have to choose yourself. You have to choose you mm-hmm. before anybody else is going to choose you. So what you're talking about, right? That authority, you have to own your authority before anybody else sees your authority. You have to own your abilities to be a leader, to be a great leader, to have influence before you are going, before other people are going to see that and Mm -hmm. respond to that. And it's an inside out game. And that's why I think why I love how we set the intention for our call today. Like that is all about reconnecting with our truth, our our inner greatness, that thing inside of us that knows exactly who we are and it doesn't need to be questioned and we can show up fully. And that's what I love about who you are. I mean, that's what from, from, as I see you just acknowledge, that's what I see in you. That's, that's what you represent. Everything about your story and how you show up and then how you help people is all about that, finding that inner that inner greatness and, and fully owning it. So I want to, I want to kind of change gears a little, a little bit, because we were talking about before the hit record, we both have kids, children, you have two, two, and I have have three, three, that's right. Three. And I have three. So I have three daughters. You have daughters and sons, right? Two boys and a, yes, two boys and a, and a girl. And we were talking about books. You helped your daughter, if I if I remember correctly, publish a book called The Girl Who Loves Ponies. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think of my daughter Claire. She's going to have a powerful story someday. Like she's diagnosed dyslexia, struggles with reading, and we got her a reading tutor about a year ago. And I watched her fall in love with reading and it's like, it moves me. Like I'm getting, I'm feeling a little bit of tears coming to my eyes right now because I know how much reading has changed my life and, and going deep into those, that creative world. And, and to watch her now, she will read a book in her room for at least an 45 minutes to an hour before bed every night on her own. And so it's like, as a dad, you're like, yes, we did the right thing. We, we didn't just say, well, she's just not going to be somebody who reads. And, and she's found her own way. That's what dyslexia is just finding your own way to read and to consume and learn. And, and that story, she wanted a cat really wants a cat. Mom and I say no cat. We're not getting a cat, you know, for all the reasons you would imagine why we don't want a cat. (laughs) Well, she wrote a story and she brought it to me. It's handwritten and it. The title of the story was Sam wants a cat. So cute. And it's, it's this story of Sam wanting a cat, mom and dad saying no. You see the this, this symbolism here. And Sam is going on a walk. He sees this cat stranded in a tree. And I've taught her that a great story has to have danger. And she has this story. Sam's climbing the tree. He's never climbed a tree before. A branch breaks and Sam falls. And Sam gets back up and he tries again and he falls and he tries again and he falls. Eventually, he gets the cat. and you know, he saves the cat and he, he now brings the cat home and mom and dad can't say no anymore, you know, and so 
there's this little short story. It's so good. I, you know, maybe it's because I'm biased. I'm her dad, right? But I'm like, we need to, and she loves to draw. I'm like, let's let's find a way to make a, a children's, like, let's write your own book. And then when I heard about what you did, um, like you're already way ahead of me, like the girl who loves ponies. You, I, I want to hear from you. What's your story on how that book came about? Because that's a story your daughter wrote and naturally with with help from her mama but what what was that like how did you go about that like where was that idea even birthed and then how did it come to like publication absolutely oh my god this was like two years ago that we she wrote her book Nadra wrote her book all it is that she wants a pony she loves pony she wants a pony in our backyard right so I'm like, okay, darling, you, you want a pony? No problem. You just got to figure out how to make money because ponies are expensive, right? So one of the things I want to teach her is that if you have a dream, rather than saying you can't afford it, no, I want you to figure out a way that you can make it happen. And one of the things I want to teach my kids at a young age is a money-making skill set. Because I think that's so important about making money, taking care of money, investing in money. So she go on and then she figured it out. And all the while she sees me writing books, right? And becoming a selling author, making money from it. And then she was like, okay. And naturally the title would be The Girl Who Loves Bones, just like Claire's, you know, Sam wants cat. Children are so straightforward, right, Zach? They're like, this is what I want. This is the title. And then she crafted the story. She was six then, so I wrote down I, I wrote it down, we figured it out. And it's just really simple storyline that a six-year-old can coming up with. And just like Claire, she loves to draw. So she would be drawing the things that we put into her book uh, so that people could see her, her drawings, her journey, her experience. And that is all, I feel that one of the things that I do, one of my biggest accomplishment my proudest moment is trailblazing a path for my loved one and the people around me so nadra doesn't have to think about editing publishing you know formatting it doing the bestseller campaign we put everything together and then she's like mommy i want to be a number one best-selling author and then i'm like okay and then mommy i want to be international so I'm like, okay, no pressure, right, Zach? Like, your daughter wasn't so no pressure. And then we figured it out. But it is the process of her getting excited, enjoying it, creating the storyline. If you see my daughter, she hasn't got that blocks or challenges. She just writes. The rest, she doesn't care about it. Someone's going to take care of it. And that's her fifth mommy. But I've seen this blog happening and adults or my clients I want to write a book what story I don't know if it's good enough it's this I don't think people going to like it I don't feel I'm worthy I don't know da, 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 how am I going to do da, 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 da. and then they end up not sharing their story so if you just trust the process and just share just like Nadra just like Claire I want a cat I want a pony just like put it out there and let the experts or the professionals take care of it because that's the reason why you hire us in the first place right you just do this one thing darling and I'll take care of the rest and that's how it kind of got position and then Nadra and I were like telling my son Abrar 
come on, you want to just write a book too, write a book too. And Abra was like, no, no, no. And Abra sees Nadra getting interviewed on Fox, uh, Fox 11 News because of the story, six-year-old kid writing books to uh, save money for a pony. She got interviewed on different places. And then just recently, Abra was like, I want to write a book too. I was like, I was shocked. Okay. And because he's like, I want to buy a computer so that I can play my games. I'm like, okay. So I learned from my kids, if you have something big enough to hook that into, you'll find the vehicle or the vessel or the, the ways that you can make it happen. So Abrar now just recently trapped in a snow globe was a writing assignment that he started in school that we now turned into a book. He wrote the storyline. He chose certain parts of the book to create the graphics. And then, you know, put the description on it. Because God knows I can draw. I mean, my dinosaur looks like a rock. So Abra would put like a description on it. And I have my team take care of it, do the design, put it together, have it out there. And I collaborated with his teacher, his principal, his friends to quit the book. And as a result, like, this is like, just this is what moves me. The teacher comes back and says, his friends all ask how they can share the voice. All ask how can they write a book. And I told the teacher, Mrs. Wozniak, we're going to do this together next year. You and I and all the kids, we're going to put it all together in an anthology book. So that way they can have the story out. So it's just like a trickling effect. And 20 years on, I don't know if my the seed that I've planted, where it's going to be, but I know at least I can do something to give the courage, to give the confidence to trailblaze a path for this young author, your mind to know, hey, I have a dream. And all I need to know is figure out what the best people to help me or just do this one thing that sharing my story. And the rest is magic. Yeah. And it, it all began with courage you taking courage you had to find your own courage find your own authority and like kind of this is all coming together right mm -hmm. but by you people follow courage and by you being courageous and getting vulnerable and sharing your story it gave everybody else around you your children first right permission to tell their stories and then it's just it's like this trickle effect you know this now i that i didn't realize that that's where the story kind of went it is now the, the students in his class wants to write a story and wow. And, it, and it, it's always cool to think about where did that all begin? And usually it's somebody stepping across the line saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be responsible for this inner desire of my heart and I'm going to bring it to life. Whether I'm scared or not, I'm doing this thing. And, and that just gives everybody else permission to do the same. So I, Thanks for sharing that. I love that. And it's <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's it's just about putting putting more of yourself out there. That's what I believe, like putting more of yourself out there. And from my book side, the story that I shared on my uh, on one of my books, yes, I can, I think, was a part of my TED talk. So it kind of like having that kind of impact, part of my TED talk, part of my speaking here. So it's just the courage, the authenticity to to kind of put yourself out there and own it 
and be unapologetic about it. I think when in our retreat with Bo, that's one of the things that I discovered is that just being unapologetic about who I am and not bow down to people's insecurities because it's not my job to take care of the insecurities. My job is to shine and be unapologetic about myself. Yes. Yes. And somewhere the world has made that very counter. That's very countercultural, I think. I think, and I've even been aware that subtly I might be teaching my girls to be apologetic as a parent. And I, and I caught my, like, whoa, mm. like harping on them so much to be a kind person to, to say you're sorry. And, and, you know, and, and I, my heart's in the right place, but I think it's, it's, it's a fine line to send in the message of don't, don't get your needs met. Don't, don't speak your truth, play small, play safe, be a kind, nice person. And yeah. And in a way I'm, I, I realize like, am I teaching my girls to hide who they really are? And it's something I'm actually that's fresh in my mind. It's something my wife and I are talking a lot about. It's like, how do we raise women that are fierce? Like what I want my girls to be fierce, not kind, little nice girls. Like I, they, they will, they will naturally have values that, that will lead them well. Like, but I don't want them just to be nice people and kind people. Like I want them to be fierce and run at their dreams and, and be unapologetic for who they are because far too long I was apologetic for who I was. And, and so many people that I know was, and that that's so limiting and it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, we don't serve ourselves and we don't serve people around us when we're apologizing. I just, I feel strongly about that. I I believe in radical responsibility, just owning what happened and moving forward, moving into it, making it right. If it needs to be made right. But we don't have to apologize. Okay. Well, you got me on a little bit of a tangent there. Yeah. No, we revolutionize this, right? We yeah. revolutionize this. We're just revolutioning the blueprint that we were raised on, the culture that we were raised on. We revolutioning our blueprint, our thinking to trailblazing a path that is different from others. Like what you and I are doing are different. The parenting style are different from what our mom and dad taught us to be. So absolutely being unapologetic, put more of yourself out there in the best possible, best possible way. And then what I've discovered is that just being unapologetic and sharing my truth, sharing my courage is like, oh, suddenly something happened and someone does this. And it doesn't matter what people think anymore. What matters is what am I paying for? What am I fighting for? Yeah. And who am I serving to? Like I fight for my daughter. Nadra, because it takes balls to wear the hijab in America. Mm. It just takes balls to wear the hijab in America. So I fight for her to have a better future so that she can be proud and courageous of who she is and live in a society that is open and accepting of each other's differences. And I get to be who I want to be in that space. Sometimes I'm kind, sometimes I'm thoughtful, sometimes I'm straight, sometimes I'm formidable, sometimes I'm vulnerable, sometimes I'm courageous sometimes whoever I want to be in that space. Yeah. One of my coaches and mentors always told me the best way to, to teach love is to be love. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, what the word for you is courageous. And you know, the best, you know, your the best way to teach courage is to be courageous. And that's, that's what I just thought of when you talked about, like, it takes balls to where, where, yeah, like, yes. And you are teaching everyone around you what, courage, the meaning of courage. And 
thank you for that because it's not easy. With that, you've got three kids at home. I've got three kids. They're at school right now, but we also have a puppy. Well, it's not a puppy anymore. She's a year and a half old. It's a, (laughs) a black mini Bernie doodle, Zoe. And she's downstairs right now. I don't know what she's doing. I have my door closed. Just whining and yipping and and it's like, oh, can you quiet down? Do you not know I'm on a podcast? Kids, you I you're working, you're at home. You have kids. So how do you do this? How do you stay focused on your dream? Because there's no question you have a dream and you have a, a desire to have huge impact in your life. All the while, there is life happening all around us. Kids the the dog downstairs, you know, life and just responsibilities of being a partner and a spouse and a mom and a dad and, uh, you know, all the things. But then I have this dream, which often can feel all consuming. Some of us kind of have this obsessive, per- I do, like, and my wife does too. We, like, we're very dialed into what we're building and creating, but and then balancing all the other things that matter in our lives too, and not letting that get too lopsided, staying in harmony. Mm-hmm. What, what advice do you have for us, those very ambitious, driven, dream-oriented individuals, entrepreneurial people that also are managing life? You know, what, how do you do it? I'll just start there. How do you do it? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I think like managing, balancing things. I don't think I'll ever have that balance I don't think I'll ever have that probably the moment I have it is when I'm in heaven like you know that's like everything is good but I feel like one of the key things that I've learned about myself that it's okay to mess up it's okay to drop the balls I know it sounds like kind of like no you gotta have everything in order no the other day I cooked right and then I was on a call and I forgot something was on the stove so it got burned, it got burned, right? And then there wasn't enough time for me to make another dinner. So I just served that. And then my husband, Reza, was like, oh, did you try a new recipe? I'm like, yeah, babe, I tried a new recipe for this. <laughs> so and I started to feel like, because I can be really hard on myself. Like I'm not doing enough or this, really hard, really harsh on myself, which is, the opposite of what any CEO should do. You should be kind and compassionate to yourself because you're working so hard. And kind of like putting things in place, especially at home, having my family and my children help me out a little bit because the last thing I want to do is scrub the toilet. That's not the last thing that I want to do. So my kids, every day, one of their chores is that they have to clean up the dishwasher. And then, so my son Abra would clean up the top shelf. Nadra would clean up the bottom one. And Baby Rehan would just clean up whatever that he gets hold of. And then the kids would, every night, they would, one, one kid would wipe the dining table. The other one would hoover or vacuum. And you're like cleaning up under the dining table. So that's one thing less for me. And then my husband would take care of the dishes. I don't like doing dishes. Like I cook, but I just don't like doing dishes and then there are days when oh my god like the school call can you come and pick up your daughter we finished school at one o'clock today and it's like two I'm like oh my god like (laughs) there goes my mommy of the year award right (laughs) oh my god and then my kids get mad at me I put that myself but then I'm like you know what it's okay 
this is part of it. This is part of the package of me growing up because it it always isn't easy. And I've started to let go a lot of things that a good girl should behave, a good wife, a good mom should do. Nadra would come home and she's hungry. She would cook herself. She would make eggs or toast, the same with Abra. And she's only eight. So do you know what I mean? I kind of let go of that good girl behavior because that good girl behavior is going to get me killed at some point in life, Mm -hmm. either overworked, either overstressed. Three kids with a baby, it it is not easy. And even Rehan now, whenever I go on calls, I'll just take him with me if he's not sleeping. So he would be here, kind of do what he does, you know, and then just I've let go a lot of perfections that. Yeah. Like as a businesswoman, a CEO, I should look like this, I should have this, no kids. I'm like, yeah, this is my reality now. I've got a baby. I do not want my kids. That's my personal choice. I don't want to send Rehan to a daycare because, you know, he probably is my last child and I want to spend every moment with him. So he comes with me. He even has a t-shirt, billionaire in the making. He comes with me on my sales call, on my everything. Sometimes it's just easy to convert when Rehan is with me. They see how cute he is. You know, it's just that connection. Yeah. And that warmth, that reality, that vulnerability. And then in terms of the business, I have a, I have a PA that, that helps take care of certain things. I have team members. I put in strategies that is in alignment with me. For example, I don't want to do any more sales calls in my business yeah so i took that one out whereas all the industry are saying you need to have a sales score i'm like i don't want to do that i don't want to do that and i put something else in structure so that i can put my energy on serving my clients so i don't do any more sales calls i don't the only time people get picked to me is when they they become my clients or they paid an invested amount to speak with me so it's just different different facets of life. Yeah. Well, we had on a previous episode, I got to talk to Wendy Anderson. I think you might know Wendy. I'm not sure, but she has special needs children and she's also an entrepreneur. And she talked a lot about redefining normal and kind of the takeaway of that episode. And what I hear you, you're saying it again, you have to do what serves you and your dream and everybody in in and around you. It's got to work for you. And, And always, team. Like I'm here, you have a team at home, you have a team in your business. Far too often, I think we fall into this trap of trying to carry it all on our back. And you said it so well, like if I keep doing that, it's going to kill me. And when you said that, I, I'll be honest, I was like, well, that's that's kind of strong. But then I'm like, no, what what does happen is we we kill our dream. We start saying this, this dream just isn't possible for me. There's no way I can live up to the standards of the world and what it's supposed to, what a good mom's supposed to be and a, you know do all the things perfect all the while still pursue my dream you can't and so what we do is we kill the dream and a part of us does die i believe a part of us when we start to quit on ourselves it's it's kind of a, it's it's sad and thank you for role modeling the way because it's not easy right it's not easy it takes immense courage an immense intentionality because life will have its way with all of us. If we let it, we have to choose to show up and be powerful and, and, and listen to our own inner 
authority. And so thank you for being that role model for all of us. And as we wrap up, I want to just ask some quick hit questions. One quick question is I like to read. So it's a selfish question. I like to learn from others. So is there a book or a podcast or a person that's inspiring you right now? And and what about that person is drawing you in right now? So so there's two books. So I listen to Audible, you know, as I'm driving and cooking mm-hmm. and everything. So the first one is Unstoppable by T. Max Grover, who is uh, Michael Jordan's trainer. And he talks about what it what who, what does it look like to be unstoppable, to be the best? Like Michael Jordan was the best of the best at this time. I don't think anyone else has come close to his track record then. What they think, what they feel, how they're able to shut down everything else and just go for, for, for the dreams, for, for the kill, they call it. And then the other one, the other book is called Can't Hurt Me by David Grogan's. I'm like, oh my God, like my vocabulary has increased being so colorful. But reading that book, every other line is a swear word. I'm like, oh my God. So I, I actually, I didn't know. I lived, you know, we were driving with my husband and the three kids and then I put it on and then every other line was like a colorful swear word that I've never heard before. And my husband was like, what on? Mommy, that's it. And this, I'm like, Okay, so now I just listen to it, uh, you know, with with me. And it's all about this mental toughness. David Grogan was a SEAL. So you know SEALs are the one that just got a, a cleaner, like uh, Thomas Grover said, that just um, beyond the physicality, that mental toughness, what does that mental toughness look like? What is it when things happen around you? So those are the two books. It changes all the time. It was Five Languages of Love. Before that, it was um, Happy Money by Ken Honda. Before that, it changes all, all the time, all the time. So those are the well, two books. I was not expecting you to name those two books. Tim Grover, <laughs> one of the toughest, like all about winning in life, coached some of the best athletes in the world. His book, Relentless, I think is, is the one you're referring to. And, and, and then David Gawkins. Probably two of the most intense people on planet Earth. You're reading their books, and it's you're so unassuming, right? Like you're. I just got an. I see you differently. I see you as this silent assassin, like that cleaner that Tim Grover. Like, oh, that's really who Izzy is. Wow. Anyway, loved it. I did not expect those two books to to be named, but and I have not read Can't Hurt Me. I've I've heard David Goggins speak. And I'm like, dang, that guy, there's nobody more intense than that man. Uh, and yes. I mean, you probably were expecting I'm reading this romance book or, or something. Yeah, right? or yeah, some you know, Pema Chodron <laughs> or, you know, something that's very, you know, spiritual and, and, and calming and centering. And, and there's something about those books. I think on the surface, we read like, oh, yeah, hard work, discipline, grit, grind, just just sacrifice yourself for the dream and winning. Winning is everything. And I think it's the lens in which we read those books, because if I were to read those same books five, 10 years ago, it would have caused me to work myself into the ground, just drive myself to absolute exhaustion to where I wanted to quit and I would often quit. But now I read those books through a lens of it's more of the spirit of which you commit to something that's important to you and you give everything you got to it. 
I don't know. It has a different energy for me when I read those books now. And so I would encourage people not to write off personalities that are maybe different than how you think and apply your lens through what they're saying and grab the, there's so much to glean from Tim, Tim Grover. Even if you have know nothing about athletics, which, or sports, there's so much there that apply to a creative. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Grover at the end of the chapter, he talks about his daughter the love he has for his daughter and the drive. So you were, you know, that point lens that you're saying, right? If you look at it, he talks it because of the love that he has for his daughter, right? And then Can't Hurt Me, David Groggins is like, I don't want you to look at me as a hero. I want you to be your own hero. So it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's the, again, what we talk about, right? The authority, they own this. You're the prize. So I think that is, um, that's such a beautiful thing to kind of like see it from your own lens. Like. Yes. Well, let's, let's wrap up. And I want to just ask you, where can people find you, learn more, engage with you and, and your community? So people can find me on my website, isdihajamil.com, isdihajamil.com, or find me on social media at I am dr isdihajamil. I am dr isdihajamil. And if I may, Zach, I think we started off with intention. If I may, just for a few seconds, I would love to kind of like complete it with an intention or with an intention that I did just before I went on the tech talk. So before I went on the tech talk, I know when when the MC Sonali Fis says my next speaker is Dr. Izdihar Jamil. And then in that moment, I just close my eyes and I say, God, just let me be. Let them hear my heart. Let me touch their hearts. Help me to take care of one person. And I would be so grateful. And so it is. And so it is done. Thank you, Izzy. You're welcome. Hopefully you really enjoyed this podcast episode. And my hope is you found it really inspirational. And also, most importantly, I hope you took away some practical things that you can start to do and apply in your own life. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you before you go. Wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Love to hear your thoughts. Come find us on social media. Share it on social media. It just really helps us get the word out, helps us grow our audience. So please do that. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who handles all the music and editing of this podcast. For more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. Please drop me a comment. Reach out drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you're taking away from these conversations. What would you like to hear more of? Do you have any guests that you would love to see come on the show? And I'm always looking for great people to talk to and people with great stories that can inspire you. And so if you know of anybody, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose podcast. Bye for now. If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question.